What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders stream and podcast. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me, as always, is my good pal, Hani Amadi. And Hani, uh, we're going to be previewing some play-in Lakers basketball, a, a first for everybody. Yeah, uh, first in the uh, very long and, and established history of Lakers Outsiders, especially. Um so this is new territory for us. First and hopefully last time we're covering the uh, play in the play in Lakers, yeah. but but yeah, um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I don't know how long this pod is going to go. Um, I think every time I say that though, it ends up going forty five minutes because we love to talk about <laughs> we love to talk about basketball and and the Lakers and uh, it's a good time. So and we like hanging out with all you guys. So uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about. Lakers-Warriors, obviously, Wednesday night, um, the winner gets the seventh seed. The loser has to play another game, and uh, it's basically win or go home at that point. So uh, we're going to have to be talking about this game. We're going to be previewing it and uh, kind of diving into our thoughts on this matchup and, and what we're expecting to see on Wednesday night. So um, with that being said, guys, uh, as always, if you want to uh, support or follow along um, with the live streams, you can follow us and subscribe to us on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. You can like and follow us on facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. And you can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Um, those are the three platforms that we do these live. Um, we're going to be doing mostly, um, we'll be doing like some series previews, but we'll be doing mostly um, post-game uh, shows, post-game uh, recaps, stuff like that throughout the playoffs. So we are ready for the playoff push. Uh, we got to cover a, uh, our championship team last year so hopefully we get to repeat that this year and um go back to back and, and finally pass the boston celtics and championships so um with that being said let's dive into this game uh honey the lakers and warriors obviously this is going to be a big draw a lot of people are looking forward to this game it's lebron it's steph uh they s- somehow run into each other again um this this matchup is an interesting one the Lakers right now are considered the favorites, but I think it's a lot the the odds makers and, and the spread and everything a little closer than I anticipated. Um, let's do a quick recap of what happened with these two teams in the regular season. They met three times in the regular season. The first time Golden State actually won at Staples Center, one fifteen to one thirteen. If you remember that in that game, the Lakers got got out to a pretty big lead in that game and really kind of uh, let it slip away in the second half and and really kind of. Uh, gave that game away, uh, but credit to Golden State for making the comeback. The next time they played, the Lakers beat them 117-91 to uh, in Staples Center. And then the third time they played at Golden State, the Lakers won 128-97. to So two blowouts and one very, very narrow win for the Golden State Warriors against the Lakers. So it was a 2-1 series win uh, in the regular season for the Lakers. But as we all know, regular season results don't really mean much when when the playoffs roll around i think there's been a lot of times where one team dominated the regular season matchup get into the playoffs and then the other team dominates the playoff series so um with that being said honey what kind of jumps out at you about this particular matchup for this one game setting that we're going to see um the the one game setting aspect of it is obviously um what is most crucial about this the lakers last season uh, pretty much every playoff series they came, they, they went into uh, game one, not necessarily uh, playing at their best, kind of feeling out the opponent. Um, it's kind of a, a trend with LeBron teams, especially because of because of how he plays. Um, 
and sort of the the heady way that, that he plays uh, playoff series, you know, kind of feeling out your opponent in the, in the first game and then coming out and usually beating them uh, after that. Um, you can't really do that do that in a one-game series, obviously, because you don't get a second chance. Um, obviously, the Lakers have had, uh, like you said, three meetings against the Warriors. There's nothing really surprising about them. Uh, they're playing much, much better uh, towards the end of the season in, mm-hmm. in May um, than they did earlier in the year um, when, when the Lakers blew them out twice. And like you said, they, they let a big lead slip away in, in the first matchup. So... Yeah, there's some differences. Uh, they're not going to have James Wiseman, um, and they're not going to have Kelly Oubre, but uh, this is a team that's playing their best basketball of the season at the right time, and so it's it's a challenge in that perspective. I also think it's just a, an interesting matchup because of the contrasting styles, and again, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, a couple of the playoff series last year where uh, the Lakers got matched up against, the team, against teams that like to go small, um, and that had very, very dangerous lead guards um, that could kill you with their three-point shooting, with their passing, with their driving to the rim, uh, and Damian Lillard and James Harden, and now with Steph Curry. Um, so obviously the, the thing that most people are going to be looking for is how the Lakers can slow down Stephen Curry because he is, you know, LeBron called him the MVP of the league. I think Kyle Kuzma called him the MVP. He's certainly playing at that level. Um even if he's not actually going to win it. And uh, he is about as dangerous of, a, of an individual weapon that you can go against. And, you know, he knows that he has to really kind of carry his team def- uh, offensively. They're, they're a great defensive team, but offensively they just don't really have the talent to, to match up against bigger teams. But Steph can kind of erase all of that because he can just go, uh, you know, berserk for a game and, and, and score 60 points on you. Um, now, that, having said that, the Lakers have had a lot of success against Steph uh, of late, at least in terms of his three-point shooting, which obviously it can be a little bit uh, random, but um, this is from Drew Sh- uh, Schiller on Twitter. His last eight games, Steph Curry against the Lakers at Staples Center, which is where the game is going to be, the shooting combined 16 of 77 from three, which is uh, about 21%, which is you know unheard of for Steph Curry. And... Like I said, a lot of that is randomness, you know, three-point shots, just some some games they go in and some games they don't. But as uh, in, in terms of point of attack defenders to, to try and give uh, Steph Curry some trouble, the Lakers have, I think, three of the best options against that kind of guard in Alex Caruso, Dennis Schroeder, and uh, KCP. Um, I think Caruso is, is going to be – crucial especially he's having a great season defensively uh better than the other two in my opinion and and he's a guy that can really give stuff some trouble fight uh, fight around screens and and not really let them pull up for comfortable threes but those other guys are going to be you know important too with shooter and kcp they both love guarding guys uh the whole full 94 feet of the court um and you know even fatiguing stuff for the fourth quarter and, and letting your big guys then take over is is an important part of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those guys um, you know play that matchup, how the Lakers play it as a as a team in terms of their pick and roll coverages. Um, you know, can Andre Drummond stay on the floor against Steph Curry? Because historically he he doesn't fare well in that matchup, and it's not very surprising. He's not you know the most quick footed guy, and he loves being in the paint rather than stepping out. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of interesting things to look for, but 
overall that that's going to be the main thing if the lakers can keep stuff from really exploding i think they're gonna probably comfortably win this but if he goes for 30 40 50 points then things get very very dicey very quickly yeah the the regular season matchups um like you said golden state is much much better a much better team than what we saw from them early in the year earlier in the year i mean they they gave off like 2000 2004 2005 lakers vibes right where it was kobe and just a whole lot of nothing else so he had basically lamar odom and that was that was it uh just not much not much help around him um that team really struggled that year um but they figured some stuff out finished 15 and 5 to end uh, the last 20 games of the regular season like you said they with once wiseman went down they started to play a real little small ball uh, which i think benefits obviously a guy like steph curry where you just get um you get a lot of, a lot more versatility a lot more speed um you can run a lot of, a lot of different actions i think that free him up um you give him a lot of a lot of space and stuff like that and i think um i mean we saw it with their their championship teams their their death lineups were uh, with Draymond Green at the five, um, and playing playing those those small ball lineups and just playing basically guards and wings, um, along with with Draymond Green. So, not not that they have you know that they're like that anymore, but um, similar kind of concept, right? With the with the stylistic um, the style of play uh, that yeah. they that they play. So, um, yeah, there it's an interesting matchup because I think the Lakers have the ultimate weapon against small ball teams, and that is Anthony Davis. Uh, as you mentioned, the, the, they had some uh, a couple of series in the, in the playoffs last year that were a little funky. The Houston one jumps out because Houston, I mean, P.J. Tucker was their center, um, and they, they really came out and blitzed the Lakers, I, and I think the Lakers even acknowledged uh, back then how fast Houston played, and they kind of needed a game to adjust to that. You don't get that luxury this time um, where you get a game to feel the team out. It's basically win or that, you know, you're, you're on to another opponent. And that's the same kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting matchup for, for those things. With that being said, with Anthony Davis playing the five, and the, the main thing I'm looking for in this game is how Frank Vogel handles the rotation because um, is Andre Drummond going to start? Is Marcus Gasol going to start? Uh, how short of a leash are those guys on? Um, do they go to AD at the five very early, and do they keep it that way? I think this is a matchup that AD needs to play most of his minutes at the five. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, I I definitely would. I think AD gives you the best of both worlds where uh, you can defend those Steph Curry pick and rolls a whole lot better. He can switch out on stuff if he needs to. Um, or if not, he can you know help and, and recover to his guy, whether that's Draymond or uh, whoever else. Um, and then offensively, he he a he's he's still giving you center size, so you can kind of uh, post him up if you want, have him face up in the post, um, and still kind of give you that advantage on the offensive glass, where the Warriors have not been good. They're they're bottom third of the league uh, in, in defensive rebound percentage. Lakers theoretically should be able to take advantage of that, even though they haven't been a great offensive rebounding team this season. Um, but they have sort of the personnel to do that. Uh, so I think, yes, I don't think Drummond is going to play a whole lot. I doubt, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Hall doesn't play at all, uh, given sort of the trend of, of how what games that he has been playing in recently. Uh, what I am going to be really interested in is if Montrose Harrell gets uh, off the bench in this game. Um, 
because you know Trez can sort of play both of those roles next to Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can either play as the as the de facto power forward or as a center. Um, and he had some success against the Warriors that last game. I think he scored twenty seven against them on a very very efficient night. Mm-hmm. Um, they they don't really have the size to give him trouble like you know last year obviously it was a big topic of discussion that uh he, he wasn't able to guard Nikola Jokic very well they don't have a player like that um right. uh so he'd be matched up against somebody like Draymond Green who you know obviously is a talented player but he's really beating you with his passing rather than rather than a scoring or, or beating you up down low and uh Trez's energy on the offensive glass I think could be really really huge and it would tire out Draymond it would get uh really uh, make the Warriors make difficult decisions about who Draymond guards between Anthony Davis and um, uh, uh, Trez and, and whether they need to play Caban Looney more minutes, which I think would be favorable for the Lakers. Um, so it would be kind of an, an, an interesting chess match. So I'm uh, very much looking forward to seeing if, if Vogel is going to trust Trez in that sort of uh, matchup. Obviously, it is going to be dependent on him still being able to guard those pick and rolls with Steph. That's really the main key that any Lakers big needs to be able to play those pick and roll situations uh, well. And Anthony Davis is the safe bet there. Um, and whichever of the other guys does the best uh, or that Vogel thinks is able to do the best, that's the one that's going to play the other significant minutes in the front court other than other than AD. Right, I like the the idea of of Montrez playing um, a little bit more in this matchup, potentially, you know, depending on how it's going. Um, but I think it's it's definitely worth a look um, for for the things you mentioned. Um, you know, I think defensively he can play that five and he can guard a guy like Draymond Green. It, it's like you said, a matter of can he show out hard on those screens and prevent Steph from getting those those clean looks at the basket coming off of those those high screen roll actions that he's going to get. Um, I also think it's a, a fairly favorable matchup. Draymond Green is, you know, has been a very good defender in this league for for years now. Um, and I think he does a he's done a good job in, in years past of really kind of quarterbacking their defense at times um, with his communication and kind of he, he's his defensive awareness is really really good. When you're guarding a guy like Montrez Harrell whose activity is kind of off the charts you might take away some of that if Draymond has to guard a guy like that. Um, yeah. And if not, then the Warriors might have to put a smaller guy on him, and then Therese, in that sort of scenario, would probably be able to to clean up a lot on the offensive glass. Like you said, honey, Golden State, not a good defensive rebounding team, and I think that's where Drummond can also have an impact on this game if he does get minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Is With LeBron back, I think there's – just going to be a lot of opportunity where Drummond can clean up on the glass if the Lakers don't make shots because LeBron's going to demand that second defender and it's going to free him up, free Drummond up to, to not have a body uh, on him when the, when the shots go up and, and he can kind of clean up, maybe get some easy opportunities there, um, create some extra possessions for the Lakers. So, um, th- you know, it'll be – that's really the main thing I'm looking for in this game is to see how Vogel manages the rotation because – Lakers have a lot of options with their big guys, and it's going to always depend on the matchups. You know, dr- some matchups will benefit Drummond better, some will me- benefit Marc Gasol better, some will benefit Montrez Harrell better. Um, but there are going to be a lot of times I think that Anthony Davis needs to play the five, and he's been open that you know very open about his willingness to play the five in the playoffs. And um, you know we're at that point now, and I think he even said today he was asked about it and said he absolutely will play the five. 
uh, if that's what he's asked to do. And, yep. you know, I think that's that's the ultimate remedy for a team that plays small is putting Anthony Davis at the five and um, because he has so much range defensively that he can you can switch a lot of things still um, and not be at a disadvantage. It, it cracks me up all the time when, when guards get Anthony Davis switched on him and it, it's like they call for a clear out and then they try and drive on Anthony Davis and they quickly realize the mistake that they made in doing so. Yeah. Or they're forced into a long three, which obviously Steph Curry can hit from anywhere in the gym. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, if he's hitting 30-footers over Anthony Davis, sometimes you just got to tip your cap, you know. So, um, yeah, I think AD needs to play quite a bit at the five in this matchup. But I do see some areas where the Lakers can exploit with some of their other bigs. Um, I would agree with you, honey. I don't know if we'll see Marc Gasol a lot, but if, if we do – um, I expect Marc Gasol to be uh, Marc Gasol. You know, he's he's yeah. been in this league. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He's gone up against Steph Curry a number of times, um, especially in the playoffs. And um, I think I, I, tr- I always trust Marc Gasol that he'll be able to, to figure it out, even if certain matchups might not be favorable to him. So, um, so yeah, I am curious to see just how Vogel manages that rotation because it's now it's all hands on deck, right? Like there's no experimenting, none of that. Like it's – I keep saying it. This is big boy basketball now. It's 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 winner or you're done. So there's there's no more messing yeah. around. And and I think the main key with with that big man rotation is that uh, we saw it all of last year that you know Vogel as as willing as he is in the regular season to let guys kind of play through issues and and, and kind of um, sometimes throw away regular season results in the interest of one getting information and data about your lineups and your players, but also just kind of letting them play through it. In the playoffs, uh, I think he kind of uh, he has that goodwill among the players that now it becomes easy for him to have a short leash, um, and I think that's going to be crucial because you know all three of the Lakers' other bigs have their limitations, they have their strengths. So you know maybe you go into a game and you think that Drummond is going to uh, be a big part of that, and all of a sudden he's not playing very well and he's getting exploited defensively. You got to have a short leash and you got to take him out and be able to adjust on the fly. And I think. Vogel is one of the better coaches in the NBA uh, at not really being stubborn in those situations and having um, having that short leash. You know, like last year, the, the Clippers potentially, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it uh, the only reason or maybe not even the main reason that they lost that series to the, uh, the Nuggets by blowing the 3-1 lead, as people forget. But uh, Doc Rivers didn't have a short leash with Trez. Uh, right. And Trez was obviously struggling in that matchup, but he was playing... 14, 15 minute stretches in a row um, where Nikola Jokic was having his way with them. And I just, I don't see that happening with the Lakers, not only because of Vogel, but also they have far more talent in the front court and different sort of options that they can put out there that um, I think just make it easier for a coach to make those sort of decisions when, when he's got another, um, you know, big name uh but also high ability player on the bench that in a particular matchup might do better than one of the other guys yeah i I absolutely trust frank vogel with with that sort of thing i mean we saw him make adjustments uh to his lineups in the playoffs coming off of wins last year so like even though they won it was like it wasn't one of those situations where they're like uh, you know frank vogel goes oh well we won so it's fine like we'll, we'll keep it that way like he noticed if he noticed the problem he made a change about it so um you know, I, I have full faith in, in Frank Vogel and this staff. I mean, they've done nothing but um, 
good things since since they they took over um, here you know with the Lakers and uh, they've they've earned the trust of, of fans players and just everybody to, to trust their decision making and uh, trust that it's going to work out in the end so uh, even with some of the, you know the kind of the crazy experiments that they might do during the regular season and uh, gosh it took until what the last like week uh, last week or two of the regular season to see Trez and Marcus all on the court together yeah. uh, so some stuff some stuff gets kind of crazy during the regular season but I mean when you have a team as talented as the Lakers and you've got true championship aspirations with LeBron and AD and just the, the amount of talent on this roster you can kind of afford to do some of that stuff and I mean as a coach it's kind of your responsibility to fight, figure out which combinations and which lineups are going to be best for you that way when the playoffs roll around you know which uh, combinations you can really trust. So, um, yeah, it's I'm really looking forward to this game for for a number of reasons. Um, it's it's a good matchup. Uh, it's I think it's two good teams. You know, Golden State, like I said, has come a long way. Uh, Steph Curry is obviously one of the most exciting players in the game to watch. One of the most exciting players in the history of the game to watch. Um, but outside of the star power, we obviously have LeBron, we have AD, we've got Steph Curry. Outside of those guys, who do you think is kind of an X factor to watch for both uh, both teams in this game? Um, I'll start with the Warriors because I think that's the easier one. I think Andrew Wiggins is by far their biggest X factor. I think he's the other guy um, other than stuff that is capable of putting up big numbers. I know like Wiggins is considered a bust. He's kind of a meme. Uh, he's had uh, a pretty good year. Um, and he, he's an inconsistent guy, though. So there are games where he's going to be very inefficient or kind of even just pulled out of a game um, and, and doesn't seem to really be involved at all. And there's games where he can go off for 25 uh, or 30 points on, on good shooting. Um, if the Lakers force him to have one of those those first games, one of the poor shooting nights or, or the uninvolved games, I think that is a good recipe for success because – uh, the Warriors, and you know, I'm going to regret this when like Jordan Poole goes off or something. But they don't really have that sort of second guy that that can put up a lot of numbers right now. They don't, you know, they don't have that Clay Thompson um, or Kevin Durant or whatever. They only have stuff for for the big scoring games. Um, so uh, if the Lakers are able to keep you know keep them from having a second guy go off, um, and in my opinion, Andrew Wiggins is probably the most likely one. Um, then I think that plus, you know, whatever you do on stuff to, to at least make him uh, slightly more inefficient than usual uh, is, is a good recipe for success. Uh, for the Lakers, uh, man, it's tough because I think you could go either way. You could go with the bigs as a, as a unit, whichever ones that, that do play. I think I will go with Trez. I think if Trez does get on the floor um, – in my opinion, that that's a pretty uh, sort of favorable matchup for the Lakers. And, you know, if he has the kind of night that uh, he usually does with the high energy and, and attacking the glass and, and being relentless, then I think he's going to give the Warriors a lot of trouble. But if he has the reverse of that, which he sometimes does, where those games where he's not as, as energetic and defensively he's not moving well and, and kind of getting beat all the time, then that is obviously the reverse of that. It's going to be a big negative for the Lakers in the however many minutes they do this play. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, to me, I mean, I think the pretty obvious answer for the Warriors is is Andrew Wiggins. Um, that's, that's who I would pick first. 
Uh, like you said, he's he's been better this year. He, you know, obviously has not lived up to where he was, you know, selected in the draft as the top overall pick, I believe, back in uh, 2014. Um, but he's quietly had a really solid year for this for this Golden State team. Um, I think he's been pretty pretty good on defense. The offense always kind of comes and goes with him, but I think he's been a little more steady this year. Um, and he's just—I think he's quietly had a had a pretty good year, in all honesty. And I think um, it's—he's been kind of a cool story, in all honesty, yeah. to, to see him improve his play and maybe find a situation that that suits him. And um, he seems to shoot pretty well against the Lakers too. So um, hopefully uh, that doesn't continue tomorrow. But. Um, I'm gonna go just to extend the conversation. You mentioned the other guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about for the Warriors, Jordan Poole, and just for the sake of um, he's coming in kind of on a little hot streak here. Looking at his game log here within the last uh, couple weeks, um, he has scored. Let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six straight games in double figures. He had 14 points, 16 points. Uh, back-to-back 20-point games against Utah and Phoenix. And then he had a 38-point game against uh, New Orleans. Uh, and then 15 points in the season uh, finale against Memphis, shooting uh, 5 of 9, 3 of 7 from 3-point. He's been pretty efficient in all these games, too, uh, shooting from 3 and the, and, and the floor overall. Um, so he is he is kind of a candidate for that role player that uh, always – there's always a role player that seems to have, like, a career night against the Lakers. Uh, he's yeah. definitely a candidate for that. Um so, like I said, he, he's, he's coming in kind of on a hot streak. He's playing really well here lately. So, obviously, his confidence is probably pretty high. So, the Lakers are going to need to make sure that they, they force him into some tough, tough shots and not let a guy like him get going. Because uh, once you do that, it's, uh, it, it can be very problematic for you. Um, so, yeah, a couple guys to watch there. Obviously, you never know. I mean, Kent Bazemore, has, once he's kind of gotten in this rotation for, for the Warriors, uh, he's kind of helped out. Um, help them play some better basketball. Um, so you never know. One game situations can be very, very random. Um, it's it's like the NCAA tournament or the NFL playoffs. Any kind of single game. Um, and this isn't a, a single game elimination, um, but a similar type setting. Random stuff seems to happen. And you just got to be ready for for anything that that can happen. Um, as for the Lakers. My role player, I really went back and forth on this one. I was kind of hoping you'd pick one of the two. You did not. Uh, you went with one of the bigs. I was really torn between Dennis Schroeder and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, yeah. I'm going to say KCP just because I think, you know, we need to see the KCP that we saw in the playoffs last year who, I mean, we've talked about it a number of times now. He was probably the Lakers' third best player in that playoff run last year was just Rock solid, consistent, hit his shots, played good defense. Um, outside of that first game against Portland, man, and he was extremely reliable for this team. And I think the Lakers are going to have to hit some threes in this game. They can't have um, a, a, a poor shooting game from the three-point line because we, we've seen this team have those ebbs and flows uh, from the three-point line this year. And, you know, a, a theme here lately, for every time I kind of tune into a Warriors game, is Steph Curry seems to be hitting more three-pointers than the other team does um, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a whole team. So yeah. uh, can't allow st- something like that to happen. You can't have Steph hit eight threes while the Lakers make six, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I think KCP is going to be the guy to, to look for there to, to hit his shots, and he's proven that he can do it in big games and big moments. Um, so I'm, I'm counting on him to, to really step up and provide that 
um, that shooting spark for the Lakers and, and hit some some threes and get get them going, get the flow going a little bit offensively. Um, so he would be my pick. Um, my explanation for Schroeder, uh, if I would have picked him, he was a close second for me. Uh, is just he's going to draw, be the primary guy I think that, that gets that Steph Curry assignment in the starting lineup. Um, so he's going to have to play good defense, and I think he's going to have to really bring it offensively. He's only had two games back since you know the the health and safety protocol uh, stint that he had for about two weeks there. And the first game that we saw, the jumper really was not working at all, which is understandable. He, he even said today he's really not in game shape. Uh, he's only had a couple games uh, back since since that little break. But um, second game, the jumper looked much better. Uh, so hopefully we get the, the Schroeder that plays good defense. And, you know, Schroeder is just a dog, man. I mean, this dude will be diving on the floor for loose balls and stuff like that. And, he I mean, he showed out pretty well last year in the playoffs too in the bubble in that uh, first round series for the Thunder against the Rockets. Uh, so hopefully he can step up big and bring some offense for the Lakers, whether it's his playmaking, uh, just, you know, dribble drives, transition, using that speed and that quickness to break down the defense and either get to the rim or create some shots for other guys. Um, and then if he can hit some some threes as well, that would be great. Um, but like I said, if they can get that offensive boost from him while he's playing good defense on Steph Curry, um, I think the Lakers will be in a good spot. Yeah, one other thing with those two guys in particular, I think, uh, to look for is – you know, one of those guys is going to be guarded by Steph in the starting lineups. And I think we're going to see a lot of the Lakers using those guys, whichever one is being guarded by Steph as a screener for LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that all series against the Blazers last year against Dame. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. You're either forcing a switch with Steph or or forcing the Warriors to react to a, to a good shooter uh, at, uh, behind the arc. Um, and if you do force that switch, then, then LeBron can go to work against Steph, either force fouls, um, just bury jumpers over the top of them, uh, get to the post, get to the rim, uh, and just tire them out, which is, you know, I, I think that is an underrated aspect of how easily the Lakers were able to dismantle the Blazers last year. I think the, uh, being able to, to really hurt Dame, especially doing that, um, was a huge part of that. So uh, I would I would be shocked if we don't see quite a few of those type of possessions um, against Steph and the Warriors tomorrow as well. We saw that in the 2016 finals a little bit with LeBron's Cavs team and the, the obviously the famous uh, Kyrie Irving three that was really the, the game winner in that game seven. Uh, they took Steph's man, screened for Kyrie, and got the switch that they wanted and got Steph on Kyrie, and then Kyrie hits the three. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I could see some stuff like that. Um, I'm curious to see how much we saw a lot more uh, in the last game. I'm curious to see if we see some pick and roll action between Dennis and LeBron with LeBron as the screener as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think they can kind of switch that up a little bit to, like you said, get Steph maybe uh, switched on to LeBron or just force the, the Warriors into a really tough decision where they got to be really quick about it. Um, or, you know, we saw LeBron as the role man quite a bit in the last game. And uh, it got the Lakers some pretty good results. I think if you can get LeBron uh, the ball on the move going towards the basket um, in any capacity, whether it's him coming off of a screen or him setting the screen and, and diving to the to the rim, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more of that action in this game as well. Yeah, um, it definitely seems like it's something that they want to focus on given you know, that the animated conversation between LeBron and Schroeder during that game where they were kind of discussing 
um, that screen setting uh, and then immediately came down and, and scored on a, on a similar play. So, yeah, I, you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a whole lot of both of those situations, whether LeBron is acting as a screener or he's getting a screen from one of the guards. Um, in this sort of matchup, I think that that's a really, really efficient sort of offense for the Lakers. Uh, especially going against a really great defensive team, you've got to be able to exploit the few mismatches that you can get. Um, Warriors were fifth in defensive rating uh, this season. They're, they're really good across the board. Um, and and so you got to be able to find those matchups within their defense that you can really go to work on. And LeBron is basically the perfect player to, to hunt mismatches with, um, both because of his ability and, and because of uh, his intelligence. So um, I think we're going to be seeing a whole lot of that. <clears throat> absolutely absolutely all right i don't have any other points uh to bring up before we dive into our official predictions uh if you don't have anything we can i guess just go ahead and dive on in i'm gonna throw it to you first uh what's what's your uh official prediction for lakers warriors battle for the seven seed all right i'm saying uh warriors come out strong in the first quarter uh drummond starts so, so they kind of exploit that matchup they go up Double digits, uh, but then the Lakers come storming back in the win. Uh, I'll say 111 to 100. Okay. I can see that. I mean, I feel like it, it feels like just about every game uh, the Lakers seem to start out slow. I know it's not, but it feels like more times than not they start out slow and then <laughs> real teams back in. But, um, yeah, I, I think – so my final score I think isn't going to be – uh, really a represent, representation of how competitive the game is going to be. Uh, I'm going to say Lakers 107, Warriors 91. Um, I could see the Lakers making a strong push at the end to, to push that lead out. Um, I, I do think the Lakers are going to be in for, for a battle, but I wouldn't be surprised either if they win this game comfortably because I do think that they match up pretty well with Golden mm-hmm. State. Steph is just obviously the ultimate wild card. You know, he's he can just go ballistic and he can put the team on his back and, and crazy things can happen. So um, I do think the Lakers match up well. I do think um, we talked about the bigs. I think the bigs by committee gives the Lakers a ton of options to potentially exploit the Warriors lack of size. Um, I think that's a good thing. I also think a benefit for the Lakers with Steph, I think they're going to try and blitz him a lot on these, these pick and rolls and try and just get the ball out of his hands uh, if they can. Uh, it's not gonna. I don't think you can do necessarily the same thing that they did with like James Harden in the playoffs last year, where they just essentially yeah. trapped him at midcourt because Harden mo- most times would not reinsert himself back into the play. Uh, Steph is going to reinsert himself back into play, and there's a lot of times where if you blitz him and then both guys leave, uh, Steph will find out how to very easily get open uh, if you're not careful. So, uh, but I do think the Lakers are going to blitz them. But another benefit uh, to this Lakers roster is they can throw multiple bodies at Steph, right? Um, yeah. I think you're going to see, I mean, three, maybe four four different guys guard Steph in this game. I, I think you'll probably see time where where Schroeder guards him, Caruso guards him, KCP guards him. Uh, you might you might see more. You might see uh, Wesley Matthews guard him for a little bit here and there. Um, I think the Lakers will probably try and throw different bodies at him. Plus, you're probably you might get Anthony Davis switched out on him sometimes too. So, um, yeah. I think that's the the best thing that you can do with a player like Steph Curry is just 
give him multiple looks and just make things as hard as he possibly can because he's, he's going to get his. Um, you just want to try and make it as inefficient as possible and make him have to really work. Um, and part of that is what you said earlier, Hani, where the Lakers could potentially target him um, when they have the basketball and really go after him and make him play defense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that truly, to me, is the best way because I don't think there's a way of stopping Stephen Curry unless he just has an uncharacteristically poor shooting night. I mean, yeah, you can do things to make it difficult for him. You can uh, try to get the ball out of his hands. You can uh, always be contesting his shots. But at the end of the day, he's the greatest shooter in the world uh, in NBA history. And he's sort of almost the most unique of the all-time great shooters in that he creates his own shot all the time and he just needs a, a sliver of space to be able to get a shot off uh, and, and you feel like they're going in all the time. So you can at least tire him out defensively or put him in foul trouble if you're lucky, then that is, I think, your best bet of really slowing him down on the other end as well. 100%, 100%. So we both have the Lakers winning by double digits, um, <laughs> which means it'll be a very, very stressful game. Uh, as you can see on the screen here, um, the matchup predict predictor on ESPN has the Lakers uh, winning with a 59.3%, um, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index. And then the line right now looks like uh, the or excuse me, the Lakers are five-point favorites. The over/under is 219 and a half. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if that that hits over. Um, we'll see how that all kind of changes uh, before game time, but. Um, could see this game going a number of different ways, man. If the Lakers don't shoot the ball well, they could be in trouble. Um, but if they, yeah. you know, the, part of the reason why I have Golden State only scoring 91 points is I think this Lakers team can defend at an incredibly elite level. And I think we see that for uh, some stretches tomorrow night where uh, I think the Lakers play, just put the clamps on and really uh, slow down this, this Warriors offense. Yeah, I think they'll realize pretty early on that they're going to need to really win it with their defense because the Warriors' defense is, isn't too shabby either, um, and it's going to be hard to score against them. So best bet is to, uh, is to at least defensively make them work um, and, and hold them to as few points as possible so that your superstars can really take you, um, take you to the win at the end of the game. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, I do want to acknowledge a handful of you guys that jumped in the chat. Uh, our boy Donnie said, uh, sup, gentlemen, ready to be far too stressed out tomorrow. We are ready as well, uh, ready for some stressed out playoff basketball. It's always worth it if you're holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the end of the journey. But, uh, yeah, it's good. stressful times are back. I think Donnie's just more stressed about uh, having me send a recording of my voice to him again tomorrow night. <laughs> no, he's stressed that I got the receipts that he was saying the Lakers uh, are in trouble and they're not going to repeat <laughs> as champs. So uh, know that I'm, I'm coming for you, Donnie, if, if the Lakers do it. Um, let's see. Uh, Bubakar on uh, YouTube said, uh, you all do a good job. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Appreciate the support and the kind words. And, of course, our boy Zane said, KCP locking down Curry. <laughs> <laughs> locking them down and scoring 30 that's right kcp he's back all right guys we're gonna get out of here uh we're gonna go watch the uh hopefully the celtics go lose to the uh washington wizards uh that's about to tip off i believe uh the first play-in game was not entertaining at all so 
hopefully, yeah. honestly, that yeah. game, the the one that just got done, uh, is like the Laker game where the Lakers uh, blow out Golden State, and it's it's very low stress for everybody. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully that happens, and hopefully the Wizards do indeed tread on the Celtics. Yes, both <laughs> both things can happen. Um, so we'll be uh, we'll be on here uh, on Wednesday night after the game, the Lakers. And Warriors tip off at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. So uh, get ready because playoff basketball is here. And uh, Lakers uh, start their quest officially to try and go back-to-back and and get the uh, 18th uh, championship trophy, championship banner. And uh, I want to pass the Celtics, man. That's, That's what I really, really want. So I've been waiting, waiting my whole life for that. The Lakers have always been real close throughout my, like, childhood and everything. And... It's, it's time. It's time. So, um, all right. As always, guys, um, if you want to watch these live, uh, you can follow and subscribe to us on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Uh, you can um, subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and you can like and follow along with us on Facebook, always live streaming on those three platforms. We'll be doing the post-game pod uh, from, their, uh, from those three platforms Wednesday after the game. So be sure to tune in after that. Hopefully we're celebrating a Laker win. Uh, but we will be there uh, no matter what. And uh, you can follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. You can follow me at Gary Kester. And you can follow my personal Twitch account as well. Um, we can always talk Lakers basketball, sports, whatever. Um, just uh, twitch.tv slash swishgk. Um, and, of course, these will these uh, will always go up on uh, any of your podcast platforms. So uh, for those of you that are listening to this on your drive to work uh, in the morning or whatever, um, It'll, it'll be, as always, up on, on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those podcast platforms. So, All right, we're going to get out of here. Go Wizards. We're honorary Wizards fans uh, this evening. And then, Never uh, said a bad word about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Bradley Beal, the real scoring champion. Um, <laughs> yeah, go Wizards. And then uh, Wednesday night, go Lakers. And we will uh, see you guys Wednesday after the game. So with Hani Amadian, I'm Gary Kessler, the Lakers Outsiders, signing off. Shout out Jeremy Lin. <laughs> <laughs>